0: Inconceivable
1: Inconceivable Inconceivable Inconceivable
0: Inconceivable
1: Inconceivable
0: Good morning everybody Or afternoon or evening I don't know what Whatever you're time to it is
1: when you're listening
0: Insert happy time here R2, shut up! <laughs> I don't even think the microphone picked that up, but my, my phone went off because R2D2. We. What? What?
1: I you mean, your phone went off as R2D2. That's what I said. Oh. I heard cuz.
0: Uh, shut up. Don't. This confusing. I, it's probably was. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay. Welcome to season four, episode. Um. Four? <laughs> I think. We're not very good at keeping um. <laughs> track of this stuff.
1: I think it's episode four. That
0: sounds close enough. <laughs> We're off to a rough start. Hi. I'm Scoff.
1: I'm Wonk.
0: And we And have it's hard to
1: keep track of stuff during a pandemic.
0: Everything just melts into each other like an endless sea of misery and timelessness.
1: Wow. I've got sickness. Got a little mix a little bit of sickness in there
0: them together and what have you got?
1: Bippity boppity bullshit.
0: <laughs> there you go. Alrighty, you have a story for I us. Thank you. What's your story?
1: Um is it well
0: Uplifting, is it gonna
1: motivate us?
0: No, make us happy, it's... show us the true joys of life.
1: Um No our season's kind of off to a weird start. It's not a very uplifting story. This one is a medical mystery. It's one that's more like interesting and fascinating, especially if it's something you haven't heard of before. Um oh, Sorry, Mike <laughs> He's currently
0: perched on the back of my yeah. chair.
1: Hi cat. Um what
0: are you doing?
1: But yeah, not exactly uplifting. It kind of sucked for the people who were involved. So
0: Lovely. Yeah,
1: but it's interesting.
0: Well, let's find fascination in other people's pain, shall we?
1: That's not... Okay. That's
0: like the tagline for this show. No, it's not.
1: No, it's not.
0: (laughs) Okay, what's our tagline then?
1: I don't know. I guess we need a tagline. We're going to
0: come up with a tagline.
1: That is much better than that one. Anyway, uh, so some people call this story the real Benjamin Button story. Um, Brad Pitt. Yes, it was was Brad Brad Pitt. Pitt. Um, But that's not exactly accurate. It's um, the story is about a pair of brothers who technically age backwards, but the movie. If you try and compare it to that, it gives you the wrong idea. Because the movie is literally, like, his body ages the reverse direction. Yeah,
0: he comes out of the womb as, like, an old man.
1: Yeah, it's very... So, yeah, this is not like that. Yeah. It's more a mental thing. Mental, oh. emotional thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very strange. And I'm wondering how many of our listeners have actually heard of it before. Um, but anyway, this one takes place in the UK... Um, about two brothers who actually had a fairly carefree childhood. Um, Michael Clark and Matthew Clark are their names. Um, And yeah, they, they grew up pretty happy living with their parents. Michael joined the Air Force around 20 years old. Matthew was offered an agricultural college position in the Royal Navy. So they... You know, we're doing pretty good. They that were sense. getting set Sounds pretty good. on, you know, the the direction of their lives and yada yada.
0: You um, can't forget the yada yada. The yada yada, <laughs> yada is a very important part of growing up.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which date I'm going to give this episode because it takes place obviously over many years. Um, but around the 1990s is when they both would have started moving away, getting married. Um, they both did get divorced a few years later. Um, but they they had lived your average life up until their thirties ish. That's not bad yeah, that's not bad not bad at all they They had a good childhood and decent lives up until their like middle age basically
0: yeah, got married, found out that just wasn't working with that particular partner. Yeah. As happens. Didn't
1: find much information about their divorces, but I'm assuming it's like the average, you know, 50% of America who gets divorced. Like, it's just, you're in a relationship with someone for only so long before you realize it's just not someone you want to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. Um, but I don't think any major thing happened that caused either of the divorces. Sometimes
0: it's just, people, people grow apart. People change as they get older.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's all it was. But anyway, so... That's a very very quick summary of the years before all of this interesting stuff started to happen. So around 2005 is when um, their parents Tony and Christine decided that they wanted to go into early retirement, and they did this very drastically. So they sold their home and all their possessions and moved all, and they pl- made plans to move all the way to Spain.
0: That that is very. I mean, I get like, if you're moving to Spain. From the UK. Yeah, you're obviously going to sell your house. I mean, depending on how much crap you have in your house, it might just be easier to buy new stuff in Spain.
1: Yeah, I Than sold. to
0: pay to transport. hmm You know, all of the... Like, if you could sell a coffee table, get 200 bucks, and then buy a 200 coffee table over there. Yes. Is that cheaper than having it?
1: It depends how sentimental you are. Like, how many things you have that you want to keep.
0: Yeah. But anyway,
1: true. I'm... I'm I guess what I'm trying to do with that statement is make it clear how big of a change this was. It wasn't just, we're going to retire now that our kids are moved out and stay in the same house we've always had, or downsize a bit, but like stay in the same town, keep close to them, whatever.
0: We're going international, bitches. (laughs) We're we're done. They're
1: literally dropping everything, selling everything, and leaving. So, big change. Um, And right around this time, which is horrible timing... Is when they started seeing the first warning signs or red flags or whatever you want to call them that something strange was going on with their sons. Okay.
0: Um. So. But wait, are the
1: sons twins? I. Oh. No, because they're different ages. They're different ages. Okay. Yeah. Just because it's a good question about. When you, to hear, about,
0: when you hear about medical conditions. I often think, like, identical twins, if it's multiple people, because it, you know...
1: I'm, uh, yeah, I'm remembering my notes now, I'll get to that. But they're different ages, so thank you for asking me to clarify. They are not twins. No. So. I hoped. You did. (laughs) Anyway, so this is when it happens, they're both in their 30s, um, and the brothers joined their parents on a holiday in Spain, which was, this was, like, for their upcoming move. Yeah. Essentially. Um, yeah. And... It was... It was weird. The parents just started noticing weird stuff. As soon as the plane was taking off from the airport, the brothers were acting like kids on the plane.
0: So... I'm picturing a 35-year-old man with his knees up to his chest, kicking the seat of the person in front of him, while the other stares out the window at all like, ooh.
1: Essentially they they were shouting yippee like oh. the plane's taken off and and then they started squabbling like you know younger brothers would do and the parents thought okay it's a little bizarre they're middle-aged men.
0: Yeah, I thought we were um, done with this 25 years ago.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, so they they saw a lot of weird stuff on the trip but the trip went on as usual and they went their separate ways afterward and the parents went into retirement. Um, but it, it continues, right? They, it became harder for them to get in touch with their sons. Okay. They're retired, and so they're expecting, you know, their sons to call them and stuff, or at least when they call, that the sons will answer, or whatever. But it was hard to get in touch with them, and they would go weeks without hearing from them at all, which they found very odd.
0: Yeah, depending on the family dynamic, right? Like, are you with your family... And me with my family, we usually at least text mm-hmm. or FaceTime our families. Yeah. I like we. I'd say we text once a day at least, or like have that conversation every day. FaceTime, we probably FaceTime what every three, four days. I don't know. I don't keep track to check in with the family, but it's pretty common. But for other people, not seeing family for a couple weeks, it is,
1: might depend on the distance as well. Yeah, because um, I'm. Oddly enough, I get in touch more often with the family members who live close to me yeah. than I do, for example, with family who live across the country.
0: But it's also your nuclear family you're getting in touch with, as yes. opposed to cousins and, and
1: grandparents. Yes, but anyway, that's it. Just just depend, but yeah. it's not. It's not very important to the story. It's just another thing that they noticed, which they thought was odd. Um, so, just a few short years into their retirement, they get this creepy and crazy call that sets everything off.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, our cats are playing. Anyway, so this is the call they get. It is from their granddaughter, Lydia, who's calling to let them know that her uncle, Michael, was living in a hostel. Oh. Which, um, this, this word is kind of a weird word, so I'll just, I'll clarify. Basically... A hostel is like anywhere you're living that is low cost, sort of intended to be short term, really. Yeah. Um, and it's usually shared living quarters, so you're living with a bunch of people in one area or one sort of like. Like you might have different shared. rooms. Yeah, like you might have different bedrooms or spaces, but it's like a shared living space, and the cost is generally low. Okay, so,
0: explanation uh, time. First time I ever heard the word hostel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I thought it was relative to the term, like, a hostile work environment. Right. So I always figured when people were saying, he's in a hostel, it was like a rundown building, like, squabble, yeah. like a hostile part of town. Right. Until a couple years back.
1: Right. Which is why like, I clarified that.
0: Th- yeah, thank you for the <laughs> clarification.
1: Um. Right. So, yeah, like, it's not a horrible situation, but it's not a great situation if you're a middle aged man who's employed and has a decent income well, it seems very
0: odd. And if he wasn't living like that before, you'd be like, okay, what changed? Yes, exactly,
1: exactly. Um, so, and this all got set off, so Lydia was the one who informed her uh, grandparents, um, but she is the one who received a call from the hostel workers who were worried about a lot of the bizarre symptoms they were seeing. Okay. So, um, so this is Michael, so this is technically her uncle. And at this point, Lydia is estranged from her father, who is Matthew, the other brother. Okay. Um, He, like, he, yeah, he's been estranged from her for a while because he was being kind of weird. And he was fired from his factory job, f- also for weird, immature behavior. Um, So it's really sucky for them. Especially since they, well, I'll, I'll get to it. But anyway, people around them are noticing weird things, but, like... You know, as an employer, what do you do? do? you see weird, immature behavior? A lot of the times, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, you're not right for this position, we have to let you go, than to say, this seems out of the blue, can we help you with something? Like, is something going on?
0: And it, yeah, and it you know? also depends on like where you're working and, and what the work environment is. Like, I've worked in a warehouse before, where around certain people, you're very, like, professional and all that, but around others, it's you know, yeah. immature for lack of a better term. You you kind of joke, you, you chat with the with the guys for lack of a better term. And um, yeah, as an employer, if your person's like you know something over so the last six months or whatever, you've just been acting really odd. You're not, you know, we have to let you go. Mm-hmm. It it completely makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's what happened to Matthew Lydia's father. In terms of Michael. What we know about him is that he was unemployed because he was discharged from the RAF after a knee injury, Um, and apparently was also evicted from his apartment, which I'm assuming is because he couldn't pay when he was unemployed, Um, but it might have been for something else. Yeah. Anyway, um, he was evicted from his apartment. So he actually went to live with Matthew for a bit, so the brothers were living together. Their circumstances weren't great. They were both unemployed. Um... And Michael was, or sorry, Matthew was estranged from his daughter, and it was just overall, you know, eh, sucky. Yeah. Um, and to top it off, living together didn't work either. They were constantly bickering. The apartment was a mess. Like they, they weren't cleaning. They weren't taking care of themselves or their apartment.
0: What a positive, uplifting story <laughs> you found for us today. Thank you so much.
1: Um, I'm sorry if this is upsetting. I thought it was an interesting medical condition to discuss.
0: Just teasing you. It's very interesting. It just sucks I for these feel, guys.
1: Yes. Because... Well, the reason I'm sharing is because I feel that if people understood what was happening to them, this situation could have been handled so much better. Yeah. So anyway, um, they're bickering. They're not taking care of themselves or each other or their apartment. Uh, Michael eventually moved out and actually lived for three weeks just in the elements, like sleeping in a park or oh. something. Yeah, so that was before he ended up in the hostel,
0: yeah.
1: where the hostel workers started noticing things. So, this is where we arrived. The hostel workers notice what they call, quote, childlike demeanor. Um, and they arranged wellness checks for him. And I don't have a lot of information about how they got in touch with his brother, but when they got in touch, in touch with his brother Matthew, they discovered he had similar symptoms, and that's what led to the call to Lydia.
0: Yeah. You with me so far? Yeah. There's probably like when you checked into the hostel, you had to have an emergency contact, or oh,
1: that makes sense. Yeah, you know, something that sense. to
0: that effect.
1: Yeah, and then when they realized that the brother Matthew. Was acting very similarly and probably wasn't much help. That's probably when they contacted Lydia. Yeah,
0: they just had to do a bit of sleuthing. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Me being right? That's a first. <laughs> I'm going to put a little star next to my no, name. You're
1: often right. No, i okay. really
0: not. <laughs> I'm that's often, whole thing. I'm often close to being right, but I'm not quite there. Okay. Yeah.
1: Whatever you say. Um. Anyway... So this is where we get into the actual explanation for what's going on with them and why I find it so upsetting. Because, again, if people had known, then this could have just, it could have gone better for these men. Anyway, so this ends up getting actual doctors involved, right? Because they're they're bringing them in for the wellness checks. They see all the symptoms and, yeah. and things are escalating. So um, they go through MRIs, genetic testing, whatnot. Um, and it is just Discovered, they are diagnosed with something obviously very rare called terminal leukodyst- leukodystrophy.
0: Terminal leukodystrophy? Yes. Say that five times fast.
1: Terminal leukodystrophy. Terminal I
0: leukodystrophy. Terminal leukodystrophy. Terminal leukodystrophy.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say it once. So, anyway, um, this is the unfortunate part, but it's also really interesting and crazy that this is actually a thing so this is where the aging backwards thing comes in their brains it's almost like they're slowly like deteriorating like there's um how do i say that okay so like basically intellectually and emotionally their brains are returning to the brains of they're
0: regressing backwards yes Yes. Yeah, they're regressing so, back into an so adult. So they're state.
1: staying, and this is what is so off-putting and what's so different from the Benjamin Button story. They're staying middle-aged men, and in fact they keep aging still. Yeah. But their brains are returning to the brains of toddlers, and they have to be treated that way. That's how they have to be. So it's
0: almost like intellectually they were climbing a mountain. They hit that peak, and now they're going back down the other side. Essentially. So they were growing, growing, growing up until a certain point in time. Yeah. And now they're falling back down the mountain.
1: Yeah. Which is very strange. Yeah. I, I'm i shocked I had never heard that this was a thing before. Well,
0: it's a terrifying idea that this could yeah. be a thing.
1: It's, it's very cr- crazy to think about and upsetting to think about. But I feel like this is something... I would have wanted to know about if I knew someone like this. I
0: imagine it's super rare, though.
1: It's very rare, yes, and I'll get to why it's rare. Um, so I think that's actually right here in my notes next. So it is it is a very rare neurological disease. Um, there's no treatment, there's no cure, there's no nothing. It's a lot like the, the rare sleep um, disorder we talked about yeah. as well. So, um, yeah... It's what's makes it so rare is that it's inherited from parent carriers. So it's a genetic thing, but the there there are forty plus types of this disease as well. Okay. So some of them are more severe than others apparently. This version that the brothers had, which is the terminal version, like the really bad version, yeah. one in three there's a one in three billion chance of two carriers of it having kids together.
0: One in three billion. Yes. So aside from this family, there's only one other family. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Because maybe if somewhere... we've got seven somewhere... billion people on the planet. Mm-hmm. That,
1: that's... That's so very f- crazy to think about.
0: Well, it's like with that sleep family we were talking about uh, several episodes ago. The mm-hmm. chances of two families meeting up that both had this in their genetics yeah. it would be exceptionally
1: rare. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, your children, if you only had one carrier parent, your children, the likelihood of them having it was 50%-ish. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, this, that's why their version of the disease was so bad. Because both of their parents were carriers of it.
0: Yeah. They're getting Um, attacked from both
1: ends. Yeah. So it really sucks for them. Especially, but it sucks for the parents too. Yeah. I'll get to that. Um, anyway, it's, it goes without saying this is one of the rarest diagnoses in the world.
0: So wait, if the parents don't seem to have it, they must have had they must have had it but been recessive. Like assuming this is a, res- a recessive trait or whatever. Like I'm they, not it sure. Just didn't sh- show in them.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure and how then that works.
0: Both the kids must have gotten the recessive genes. Oh, one from those each parent, yeah. Four kids. So
1: anyway, yeah. Like I said, one of the rarest things you can get diagnosed with in the entire world. So yeah. Um, obviously, these parents who love their children deeply, and these are, these definitely sound like great parents, dropped everything only a few years into their retirement in Spain and returned to the UK with their kids. Um, at this point, where um, with Matt at thirty nine. And Michael at forty-two. So Matthew thirty-nine, Michael forty-two, um, and this is around uh, twenty-twelve now. Ish. Okay. So um, now the parents are basically starting the ch- the ch- taking care of their children thing all over again. So the m- the more time passes, then the worse it gets as well. They're not really able to care for themselves or their apartment, so they need to be living with someone. Um, the city council, this sounds generous. The city council provided some sort of accessible home for the f- entire family to live in.
0: That's very nice. Yeah. I was just thinking, like the kids are gonna have to move in back with the parents yeah. probably.
1: Yeah, so they were provided with a home. I don't know what accessible home means. Like if it was I probably don't know what just that means.
0: paid for in part by the state with some certain amenity... Because, like, when you're... it's going to sound weird, because I don't know what level of deterioration the kids have. When you baby-proof a house, it's relatively simple. Yeah. Because they're little, you know, potatoes with legs. They can't really get into mm-hmm. super high amounts of stuff. But if you're dealing with someone who's a grown person, how you have to organize it to keep them safe is different than baby-proofing.
1: Right. Anyway, accessible, whatever that means accessible home, um and yeah, the Clarks cared for their sons all over again in their adult bodies, which would have been very strange be very weird. it would have been very strange, and it was hard on the parents. I think they cared for them for a total of twenty seven weeks or something like that um, so yeah, and the so this is the way they described the behavior that they were doing they like these are grown men, right, but they they were very affectionate, they cuddled with one another. They played or they loved to watch Smurfs. They played board games and they loved model trains. I'm
0: feeling a little nope. offended right now. What? I love to play board games. I love to watch cartoon shows. I, I play say, with models. I didn't
1: say it was childish. I said they were affectionate oh. and that they loved to play uh, things.
0: They're just the way you're describing it. I'm like, hey, that's me.
1: <laughs> no, I'm fine. Like I watched TV shows and movies that are for kids, and I play board games, and...
0: I know, I thought it was a funny little... Anyway,
1: like, it's just to show that, um, it wasn't just, like, emotionally or, like, with their speech, but also just their their behaviors. Like, they genuinely loved to do things that a lot of children like to do. Interesting. And they probably stopped doing a lot of things that they started to like to do in their adult lives, I suspect. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so that brings on the emotional bit, not just the behavioral bit. So they also were emotionally returning to children. They couldn't regulate, they couldn't self-regulate as easily as an adult can. Yes. Like, they would have meltdowns and temper tantrums that you would expect from, um, say, a toddler. Like, that's just what was happening. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a very, very bizarre condition. It's very strange. I really have a hard time picturing a grown person...
0: Having a tantrum in Walmart. Having a tantrum in Walmart.
1: It must have been so hard on the parents. I I
0: can't... You said they cared for them for 27 weeks? Yeah. I take it that they went to... I will get there. Okay.
1: Anyway, so they cared for them for that long, as far as I could find in my research. In 2012, though, Lydia... I think she was around 19, 20 years old? I can't remember. Um, But Lydia eventually gave birth, so Matthew then was a grandfather. Aww.
0: Um, he could bond with his grandkid. And this just sounds weird. He could bond with his grandkid in a way that I think most parents or grandparents can't.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like, and that's true, and that's where I'm getting to. So, what's interesting is that it's it's interesting that the parents were sort of able to to like I don't want to say the word study. Like their their sons aren't some experiment to study but like they were able to kind of watch and see what's really going on and try and understand the condition and what they found really interesting was that Matthew seemed to understand that it was his grandson yeah so he he got that he he still knew like it's not like he just forgot he was a grown man and thought he was a child so they were aware of the fact that they were grown men they knew their own ages they knew who they were they knew they had kids and grandkids yeah. Um. So he knew it was his grandson, but when he was with his grandson, he behaved more like a toddler aged brother with him than like a grown man would behave with him. Does that make sense? It does make
0: sense. I'm just trying to it like. It sounds
1: very contradictory, doesn't it?
0: Well, it's like the emotional maturity went down.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? So, at an emotional level, he's now, mm-hmm. you know, at where the toddler is, but. On the intellectual level it it fluctuates. He has an understanding of these things, mm-hmm. but it's almost like he can't access the emotional part of that
1: yeah yeah it's it's very strange,
0: like moments of clemency mm-hmm. amongst the darkness,
1: yeah, so anyway, I just thought that was interesting that they they still. Like, and I think it's important for people to just have in their heads because this is something I wouldn't have suspected is that they maintain their, their memories and their awareness of themselves and other people. Yeah. So it's not as though when their parents are taking care of them, they forget that they're grown men.
0: Yeah. They're adults. They, they
1: know that they're adults. Right.
0: I don't care. I want the green plate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want the green plate. Damn it. Yeah. So it's, it's a very interesting and bizarre condition. Um, but yes, unfortunately, a very sad one. This is where I get to the sad part of the story. I'm sorry. Um, so the sad part is, is that it ge- it continues to get worse. It's a continuous regression. Yes, it's a
0: degenerative disease. So
1: the motor skills regress to the point where they couldn't use utensils to eat. They stopped being able to actually walk. Even they had to use wheelchairs. Um, and unfortunately, every parent's worst thing oh. that could happen is that they outlive their sons, which is what happened. It's very sad. It is
0: very sad.
1: Um, Matthew yeah. passed away from the disease in 2013, and then Michael in 2016. So, that, it's so sad. You are
0: right, that is every parent's worst fear. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't want to outlive our children. No. So sad. But um, hopefully, like, I, I know it's not an uplifting story, but I just think... <sighs> It's an important topic of discussion, like understanding that these things happen. Understanding, as a person, how can you try and understand people's situations? Like, I don't know what really what I'm trying to no, say, I,
0: but I think it's uplifting, but in different ways. Like, it's uplifting in the sense that we saw a family and a city come back together to help these two mm-hmm. men with their issues. The, the yeah. parents. Gave up their retirement to try to help. The city did the housing thing you're talking about. Right. The family decided to persevere despite these issues instead of giving up on one another.
1: Yeah. Right. And
0: I'm sure they made headway understanding the disease and and how it all works.
1: Hopefully. Fingers crossed
0: that the daughter Lydia and and her child are um, are good. Are good, like do not have.
1: I, I haven't heard news about that. But I do know, this is another piece of good news, I do know that once Lydia understood her father's condition, she was able to rekindle a, a bit of a relationship with him. Yes. Even though, um, you know, even though it, it would be a, a different relationship than she might want. Like, she, it's hard to think of him as her father, I think, from her perspective. That might be tough. Yeah. But she's able to, to understand what was happening and why they became so estranged and why he was acting... So bizarre.
0: Yeah, and depending on how their relationship kind of broke down, is there you can have that justification of he wasn't. Oh, sorry, I'm kicking stuff.
1: Jeez. Oh, I
0: know. He wasn't doing any of that (laughs) stuff on purpose. Yeah. Like if he was acting odd or pushing them away or being like acting very selfish, right? Because kids are kids are selfish. Yeah, kids are definitely very selfish. And right, but having this justification of. It's not really his fault.
1: Yeah, it's not that he didn't want a relationship with me or that he was, you know, estranging himself on purpose. Yeah, it's
0: a brain chemical thing that he doesn't have any control over. Yeah. That could yeah. be useful to, yeah, like, push forward the goal of forgiveness.
1: Yeah, it might, it might have provided some reassurance and whatnot. Um, so anyway, just to end this episode, um... Just to talk a little bit about uh, Christine and Tony. So they, they're obviously quite selfless people. Like, I mean, I say that, but I th- i would hope that this is what any parent would do, is to drop what they're doing in their retirement, especially in early retirement, and to go and help their sons. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's that to me is the nicest part of this story, is how, how much love and support we see there, and how hard it must have been for the parents, like, to put themselves through that is definitely a sign of good parenting and deep love.
0: Tony was just getting his golf game going. <laughs> you know, anyway. He finally was hitting 200s. And...
1: Anyway, whenever Christine is asked about stuff, like she she seems to be quite comfortable talking about it. Um, but she, the one thing she hates is the comparison to the Benjamin Button movie, as I mentioned. <laughs> she yeah, hates I mean... that. Um, and this is what she says, quote, she, You have to treat them like adults with a problem. Yes. Unquote. So she doesn't like this idea that you should treat them the way they're acting, which is like toddlers. She says, no, they're adults. They know that they're adults in their heads. Yeah. But you have to treat them like adults who have something unique or some sort of problem. Well, and
0: it's similar to the way you you interact with... um, Adults that are say on like the autism spectrum or mm-hmm. or something like that, right? Like, yeah, yeah it's it's not. A, I'm going to treat you like a completely different.
1: Yeah, like don't don't treat them like they're, they're stupid because or they're kids. It's, or I'm just
0: going to treat you as a as an adult with
1: who has this, special needs yeah. or who needs special help. Yeah, you know, like I don't think that's. I think it's worse to treat people as if. They are beneath you, or they deserve your pity, or, like, you know what I mean? There
0: is nothing... I think
1: that's worse than just treating them like adults who need help.
0: The worst thing human beings can give to each other is pity. That was deep. Every now <laughs> Anyway,
1: anyway, so sh- that's the point that she stresses. Another thing she says, quote, is, he knows he's a man. He's got memories, unquote. Yeah. So... That's important to re- realize is those memories don't just go away. That and that's something
0: I had thought about. That does raise an interesting question, like how much he, like how, how deep the memories go. Like, does he remember being there when his daughter was born? Do you remember? You said one of them was in the military. Does he? Remember? Yeah, they they
1: have memories. Do they? Like, re- if like when their parents asked them, they remembered things in their adulthood.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's it's very bizarre and interesting. Um. So anyway, if you want to. Kind of see this in more depth or learn more about this story. There's apparently a TV, I think, like documentary type thing, uh, "The Curious Case of the Clark Brothers," instead of "The Curious Case of Benjamin Button." Do not watch that and think it's the same as this. Um, so I mean, yeah,
0: do watch it. Brad Pitt's a great movie, but it's not the same thing.
1: Yes, that is that is the point I'm stressing. It's not the same thing, and I think there are a lot more layers and there's a lot more depth to this story than even I was able to cover in just this episode, right? Oh, absolutely. But yeah. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's like it's somewhat of a downer, but it's it's just really interesting and I think it's an important topic of discussion.
0: And it had it had its positive elements, family yeah. persevering despite hardships.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you very much. Thank you. And just a quick reminder to everyone listening out there, we want to thank everyone who has supported us thus far, as well as, you know, encourage more support. Yeah. Whether it's telling people about us or... Uh, following us on Twitter.
1: Leaving us a review. Listening
0: to our podcast. Making your friends listen to our podcast. <laughs>
1: Become a patron and download our custom ringtone. <laughs> wake,
0: wake, nudge, nudge. Any of the The possibilities are endless. Would be fantastic.
1: And uh, I, now that I'm reflecting on this season and realizing that I have been telling some more downer stories, I will make an effort to come up with a much more happy one for next time. Uh, in the meantime, we hope that you enjoy the beginnings of season four and we will see you very soon.
0: Bye-bye.